Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Swiss Ballers Pod. I'm Fabo and for once I'm joined by two absolute ballers. My good friends Arman back home in Zurich and our great friend from Barcelona, Joanne, who sat in East London and is back on the pod, I'm happy to report. How are we doing, boys? All right. Very fine, thanks. Yeah. Arman, how was your how was your footballing weekend? Was good. Uh, we won. Um, then Arsenal won five zero. Is nice. We uh, Zurich unfortunately drew against a very poor side at home, which was a very disappointing uh, result. But yeah, all in all, uh, it was okay. Actually, our game was uh, recorded on the. I have to show you some clips after. On oh, that's um, nice. from like. It's like VO is called. It's like this yeah, camera. it's a really really cool app. We we we've, they, we've had it as well. It like pans the op- with the ball. Yeah, and the opponent uh, recorded it, so we could rewatch yeah. it. So. I'm I'm thinking to invest once I'm back out there. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, Dran. Obviously, we we are here because of the Classico. Uh, I don't really want to ask you how your footballing weekend was. Uh, <laughs> but maybe let's um talk about Messi winning the Ballon d'Or you happy for that? oh yeah oh yeah yeah as a Barcelona fan you can tell everyone all the memes have been talking the same it's just forget the Classico we move on <laughs> uh but Messi gets one last trophy um yeah ahead in his very full, full career it's a very controversial uh Ballon d'Or as most of his are because there's a lot of people who will always say that he did not deserve, especially when Haaland had had such a crazy season. But I don't know; it's just a joy to see it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I know you, Armand, don't really care about these uh um awards. It's a team sport, and individuals are being given awards. Any complaints with Messi getting it, though? No, never, never have complained with Messi winning it. So yeah, but Haaland is. Sure, hardly done by. If you probably if you go by, if you would would be really harsh by it, probably Holland should have won it. But yeah, I, mean, I always find it difficult. Like they always the change the parameters depending yeah, on what, what, yeah, what tournaments the, are. On. But I mean, he he scored like um, I don't know how many goals. I want the treble. So yeah, I mean, I, mean, I hear your yeah. I hear your Holland shout, but I'm I'm you know, yeah. think think of it this way, right? If if Martinez doesn't save that that goal from uh, Colomani mm. in the 118th or 19th minute or whatever it was, yeah. then Messi's not winning this. So like... Yeah, probably Mbappe is, how, is winning it then. Exactly. This is how close yeah. it is. So it, it always yeah. feels a bit trivial and, and very political, obviously. But yeah. anyway, Joanne's here and we'll talk Barca later. You'll provide us with updates from, from Catalonia and, and Spain. Uh, I'll kick you off though with um, the fact that I'm playing a lot of FIFA at the moment. Actually, Armin is playing a lot of FIFA. He's carrying our joint account. <laughs> but I want to, I want to give you a platform to to talk about something I know you're really into, Dran. Um, who's your favorite ever player on the online football games? I know you play a lot of Football Manager. I know you played Pez. Do you have like one or two favorite players that you always sign? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I think I think you know the answer. My all time favorite player that I will sign on any. Or I would try to sign on every game I play is Kevin Volan. Um and it all started because of FIFA, funnily enough. Like the only time I ever played Ultimate Team was on the was a free-to-play FIFA wall call uh, game for a few years. 
And that was the first, like, I don't remember how, but he just came into my shit team and he made a, an impact from the beginning. And he's always been that number 10 or that like striker uh, on every team. And he always performs. It's it's actually crazy. Like he's not even that good nowadays in the games, but he still performs. Which is ironic because Kevin Folland has actually never made a German squad for any tournament, I believe. Which is completely ridiculous if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Armand, do you, you have go a favorite by the player? FIFA sets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you have a favorite player, Armand, or is it just what, any Arsenal all, team? All time. Yeah, like any any player that you'd always get. Ooh, that is a very tough question, you know. Over all the FIFAs. I mean, you know, like I, I know Joanne has had had I I've I've heard many stories through the years from Kevin Folland, and and for me it was always Owen Hargreaves back in the day, um, who I'd always sign. I don't know why, mm. just, you know, never the best stats, but I'd always, like, sign him up, whichever team I was managing. So maybe you have one. Yeah, I would say, I think every year I have, I have Griezmann, I think. Well, I love shot, Griezmann. That's a good F- choice. Especially FIFA 17. The low-driven shot. Yeah. Wow. wow. Antoine. And then he made this, the celebration, you know? Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> Fortnite to, to piss, one. To piss the... the to make the opponents quit. Yeah, and now all the listeners know exactly what year you were born. Um, I have another interesting question for you. Actually, this is <laughs> this is a this is something that I saw on on my Twitter feed the other the other day, and and I'm going to ask you first, Armand, but I want you both to have a think about this. They had a list of the top twenty all time Champions League cult teams, so that could be like a um, I don't know, Ajax in 1819 when they reached the semi-final and nearly got to the final, or Dortmund with under the Klopp era with with Lever, Goethe, Royce, or um, I don't know, VRL had a good run in, in 05, 06 when they got to the semis. So a- any kind of those, like, it doesn't have to be like a, a winning side, but just one team that sticks out for you, like whole classic team in Champions League, which which one is your is your favourite? You mean like a, it has to be like an underdog team in a way? It it doesn't it's just a cult team. I I'd say. I mean, I I would I would argue that yes, most of them are underdogs, but maybe you could also uh, say Milano four or five with you know the Kaka okay. Cafu Crespo Maldini Nesta Dida Sedov Pierlo Gattuso Stam Shevchenko. Yeah. You know that that's also yeah. kind of a cult team. Just like a, just yeah. a team, an iconic team, I should say. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I, I cannot go way back because I think I started two two thousand and. 12 or something with yeah. watching it regularly still so a few from in, then, the, in the two yeah still a few so from then on i would say probably i like i really liked that iox team where you mentioned i really liked it and the best team I, i'd say I, I saw was probably Bayern 1920 or bars of 1415 either one of them yeah the msn is pretty iconic yeah I, that was that was just amazing i mean Messi, Neymar, so I think that's the best front line I've ever saw play together. So cohesive and wow. I was kind Amazing. of expecting you to say Arsenal 2010-11 when uh, Wilshire taught Arsenal's uh, taught Arsenal's midfielders how to play football. Um, <laughs> with Fabregas breaking his was... leg, scoring the pen, Rosicky, Nazarif and Percy. But actually, I remember Arshavin scoring the, the yeah. 2-1. Actually, I watched that game. Yeah, so I mean, they made the list as well on that on that article, and I was like, oh, he was probably going to go for that. Joanne, what's yours? Do you have one um, that I have seen with my eyes? I mean, that you know of that you've seen. Yeah, I've seen with my eyes. Probably Borussia twenty. Is it like twenty twelve? 
yeah 12 uh, 13 yeah. yeah that was that was a, a joy to watch but just from what you were talking just from memory i never really saw it because i was barely like five or six but it was like that valencia team that reached was it like the champions league final two finals in what was it two years? yeah yeah they, oh, they lost well, against, against the pens bayern yeah, yeah. and yeah. real madrid as well three nil yeah like that, that Valencia, like on that final when they lost to the Pens, and it was just like uh, Canizares, like the goalkeeper, yeah, just like crying, and Oliver Kahn going to like talk to him. That to me, that was a, a moment that stayed with me as a kid, uh, being a big fan of goalkeepers as I was. It's a good challenge. Yeah, two of my favorite um, goalkeepers from my youth, I'd say, like the ones that you know made me want to be a goalkeeper. So like that moment, that that team for some reason. Uh, comes to yeah. mind that makes that makes a lot of sense actually i'm going to give you some some more highlights of the list that i found online um obviously the ones i mentioned and there's a there's inter 0405 with uh adriano veron cambiasso stankovic Adriano, gonzalez like keely gonzalez edgar davids um then you have the monaco team of 1718 i mean if you just lift reel off the names in that team it's ridiculous and Mbappe, Falcao, Bernardo Silva, Fabinho, Bakayoko in midfield, Jan Moutinho off the bench, Jesus. Uh, Lemar. <laughs> they all played in that team that beat Man City and and yeah, made a made a good run. Leverkusen 0102 with Berbatov and Balak and Ramelo, Zeroberto, Lucio, Novotny. Um Milan, I've mentioned, and La Coruña had a pretty good side in 04. I think with uh I think it might yeah. have been Roy Mackay. They, they they beat Milan in the what was it, the quarters, I think. Um, then the Ajax team of 0203 that nearly got to the to the semis with Ibra, Vandervaard, Snyder, Maxwell, Kivu, Vandermeide, PNR. Um, and that they also mentioned the lead side with Rio Ferdinand, Woodgate, uh, Harry Kuehl, Alan Smith, Robbie Keane, and uh, the number one team actually, and I and you'll love this, uh, Joanne, because of what they did is the Monaco team of 0304 with Deschamps as a coach. With his famous leather jacket that beat Real Madrid in the the Galacticos in the in the semis, um, Julie Evra, Pushaw, Adebayo, oh, Julie. yeah, and Morientes on loan from from Real Madrid beating his own team. That was that was an iconic time. I was... I, I enjoyed that list. Yeah, that's probably um, like, after that they signed Barcelona side Julie. I'm pretty sure, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. That they obviously yeah. like everyone. The Europe had a had a fire sale after that when when they bought up and and United bought Evra and and all the rest of them went somewhere. Um, but that was one hell of a team that Deschamps had there, which is good fun. Yo, I have, uh, for once I have an introducing question for you too. Oh, I'm so ready for this. Hit me. <laughs> You've been waiting for this. Yes. <laughs> so, if you could swap Ten Hag with either the Serbi, Emery, or Eddie Howe right now, this day they would swap. Would you keep Ten Hag or would you choose one of the three and? If you would choose one, which one? You're giving me... This is incredibly difficult. You're giving me Emery? Yeah. Emery, Howe. Eddie Howe, or the Serbi? Wow. We're 35. Well, first, of all, first of all, would you would you swap or would you keep? Yeah. Bearing in mind, I have to give Ten Hag to either... To, to them teams, yeah? Yes. Okay. Off the top of my head, I wouldn't swap. Yeah. I don't think I would swap. I, I don't that. think any of these managers could sort out the mess. I don't think I actually don't think Manchester United's fortune can change while we're under current management. 
I okay, but if think okay, let's say you you'd had you'd have to. Which one would you take? I think I'd take Eddie Howe. Okay. That's fair enough. It's a very difficult decision, but I'm I'm hip firing here, but I I just think I'd take Eddie Howe. Who would you take? For Manchester United. Yeah. Having our best interests at heart. I wouldn't I wouldn't advise anyone to go there at the moment. <laughs> no. No, I think it's Neither would is... I, bear in mind. <laughs> no, no, it's it's not that bad. I mean it's it's bad, but it's not that bad. Um Emery just has the experience, doesn't he? But like in big clubs, he's always choked yeah, a bit with he's been choked a bit, but I think maybe he could gain from the experience, you know. But he has plenty um, of experience. And he, 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 but he already managed the biggest club in the world, so surely can't get any you mean PSG? PSG. Oh, you mean the small... he means I was Sevilla, gonna... of course. Yeah, <laughs> Sevilla makes sense. Yeah, yeah, obviously. That was like an assist. Uh... <laughs> no, I think I think I would. I think I would take the Serbia, you know, at, at United. He's just not proven enough yet. For he's me. not proven enough, but he's just the most exciting for me. I mean, yes. but if you if you grab him, you need to like shape the club around. Yeah, his you need, philosophy. but but it, it needs shaping anyway. Yeah, so if, yeah. I mean, if we're talking overhaul, then we're talking yeah. overhaul, you know, like absolutely. Yeah. Okay, let's get into some general chit chat about the the footballing weekend. I want to actually give a quick shout out to to Italy because I know Dran, you're a, a hobby AS Roma fan, and they had a very difficult um, away game at Inter with Lukaku being welcomed warmly by the the Interisti. As um, they do. Are you are you observing your your second team at these days? Are you are you intrigued by Italy's title race? It looks like a three horse race with Inter, Juventus, and AC Milan. Napoli just trailing a little bit behind now. Mm. What Atlanta keeping like I feel Atlanta has been having a few good years recently and like they've been someone to like keep an eye out especially in Europe I feel and they are not that far away from what I'm saying so like absolutely I mean, know, they've, they've, they've reached exciting. the top four now with, with a win yeah. tonight I think just up before, yeah they'd be Empoli tonight 3-0 so so yeah they're, they're in they're in and amongst it I don't see them as title contenders um, mm. But then Roma aren't either. Is is the Mourinho effect as it gone, or what are your thoughts? Well, Mourinho's year three curse seems to be uh, existing again. Um, I think like the final last year really affected. Like I think that if they had won that, maybe things would be different. But you know they've lost Zaniolo, and I don't know. It feels like Mourinho always brings his own types of players, and I feel some of them might not be working all the time. So I don't know. They're standing like ninth. I mean, they've always been a mid-table average team in many ways. Um, so it's been, been a rocky season so far from what I'm saying. Yeah. 20 goals ahead. Yeah. Interesting title race though. We're we're watching them excitedly and and obviously Roma um they have they have Europe as well. So they'll they'll be a they'll be a candidate for 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 that with Mourinho at the helm. I mean, we we have to talk about the Bundesliga again. There there were some mad games. Uh, Dortmund drawing three three to Frankfurt. Um, Leverkusen just steamrolling on Leipzig's five nil. But we have to talk about Bayern's eight nil victory, which I think if you consider that game, I mean, within four minutes, Joshua Kimmich gets sent off, and even before half time, Bayern are actually a man up because Darmstadt managed to get two red cards within the space of like 15 minutes in that first half. 
which was a complete madness. And then, you know, it was it was 10 against nine and Bayern just ran riot. Harry Kane scoring a hat-trick, Sané adding two goals, uh, Musiala scoring a, a, a brace. Crazy times. And we have to talk about Harry Kane's long-range goal as well. But the player that's maybe kind of not getting the English plaudits at the moment is Leroy Sané. Talk to me about him, Armand. Yeah, I love him. And um, I know sometimes people give him stick, especially in Germany, because of his like attitude. But he's just so good. I mean, for me, I I, I wrote this in our Premier League chat uh, on Saturday. I think I think Sané at the moment is the best winger in the world, and I I really I take that I really take that. I think. He's so he has everything. He has he has the pace. He has the the quick feet. He has the he has an amazing left foot. I don't know what do you want more. And we saw it at City in this in the two year period. I mean, this guy is just out of this world, and he's hitting form again. And now he needs to carry it on throughout the year if he wants to be established as one of the best players, you know, in Europe in top ten top. 15 players in Europe like something like that so yeah yeah it's been a it's been a like always like a bit of a chaotic weekend in the Bundesliga but I think that's why we we love it yeah absolutely I do advise uh, our listeners to go and watch the highlights of that 8-0 yeah. dribbling because some of the goals were were exquisite and and as you said Sani I mean his second goal just the the technique of that, the way he just yeah. dryly smashes it bottom corner. It's, I mean, the lad is amazing. And it, feel, it feels like it's all coming together now yeah. for him after his long-term injury. Yeah. And he's just, it just feels like all the puzzle pieces are are forming together. And, and yeah, it's, it's scary hours. The lad is... is and every, every, every attack start, every good attack, let's say, starts with him. Yeah. And as a right winger, that's a very special skill to have like almost the game is a bit depend especially at Leipzig it was everything was going through him everything yeah so yeah amazing this season and he needs to needs to carry on like that it's an interesting one at Bayern because they do have a lot of issues as they always do and the the talk at the moment is that they're not very strong in depth they're struggling for central midfielders in particular uh Apart from their first eleven, maybe first thirteen, fourteen, they're not really, they don't really have that that strength in depth. Even with Manuel Neuer coming back now, but what I really like about them is the the front four and their balance. They seem to have found this new established front four now. With with obviously Kane being the linchpin of it, Kane has added so much. He's taken so much pressure off of the rest of them now that that felt like last year they struggled a lot with with the pressure of having to make up for Lewandowski's goals. But Kane's already on 11 now. (laughs) I mean, he's hit the ground running as we expected him to. But it's the mix with Kane. And then you have this this very creative baller in Muziala, who's in England still massively underrated. I am completely convinced that if, if England had Muziala as well, it would just be unfair for the Euros because that would just be too much talent up from. Imagine Muziala and Foden in the same team. It would actually be a problem because, yeah, how are you going to play them? Um, and then they have on either side, they have Comor and Sané. And Sané, as we mentioned, is becoming really ruthless right now. And Comor is actually starting to put together a run of games. He's always had injury issues as well. But, but when he's on form, he's very, very strong. And that front four, they just seem to have this very heterogenic 
mix of players that are are so much fun to watch and it's it's yeah it's scary hours when they get going like they did in the second half against obviously Darmstadt with you know two red cards but still it's yeah it's it's a good watch it's a very it's a very good watch and I'll be keeping an eye on on Sané to see if he can keep producing what he's producing at the moment we have to give a quick mention to Marseille uh, whose game against Lyon was called off after Marseille fans attacked Lyon's team bus last night before the the game in Marseille. Fabio Grosso was pictured injured. If you're on the socials, you'll have seen the picture of him, like bloody head and, and it's a wound. Disgusting scenes, really. And I don't really, you know, the, I don't know the, the full details of the, of the extent of the, of the damage that has been done. Horrible scenes and, and, this world really does not need more conflict. So let's move on to that. Dryan, I know I know, I forced you a little bit to watch uh, Premier League football this weekend. So yes. tell me tell me what games caught your eye. Um, what games caught my eye? Uh, well, obviously the, the Manchester derby. That was yeah. obviously very interesting. Um, just for the situation that both clubs are. Uh, at the moment, uh, I was just watching the Tottenham highlights now, which uh, was it the uh, you know the one two that seems like a game they struggled or it was a hard game for them, but they they pulled through, which is a good sign for them, especially as they're leading the league. Uh, that consistency, like winning those hard games, is always so key. Uh, um, and obviously, Brentford. Uh, just following the the London the London locals, I've always had like a soft spot for Brentford, uh, probably because we used to live in West. And yeah. every time it's one of those things that I keep watching their highlights, and it's one of those things that it feels like so many games that they could that they deserve more than what they get. And obviously, uh, facing Chelsea, which they have been performing better recently, like yes. it seems like absolutely. You know, Mudrik has scored a couple of goals and uh, the team seems to be doing better. Uh, so that was a great victory for them. Yeah, let's let's talk about that for a second. I mean, Brentford have always impressed me, not just by how they perform on the pitch. They always are really well prepared. They're really, I feel like they always have a very clear game plan, whichever opponent they play. And, and that usually merits good results. I, I almost feel like Brentford are a bit resistant to fixtures meaning that they can just as well get a result against a top-of-the-table team because of their game plan. I mean, they've beat Man City, they've beat Man United, they've beat Chelsea, they've beat Arsenal, they've beat Spurs, they've beat pretty much all the big guns. They have beat Arsenal, not this season. Last it was season. a draw, man. No, it was 2-0, the first game of the season. Uh, now now two seasons ago. But I'm saying oh, since yeah. they got promoted. Yeah, yeah. Since they got promoted. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Since they got promoted, which is only it's only their third season, bear in mind, yeah. they've beat all of the big guns, which kind of shows to me that they always have a very clear plan. And Thomas Frank is doing a stellar job. And he the, the other thing also about Brentford is they have the quality. I mean, Embuemo is patchy, but on his day, he's an absolute baller. And they've lost Rico Henry, which is one of the most important players on that left-hand side. But they don't really show the the strain just yet. They're not playing with Ivan Tony, their talismanic striker. But they're still getting results here and there. And and yes, Stanford Bridge has been a more difficult place to go in the past 10 years maybe than it is right now. But still, you have to go there and, and perform and, and get the result, which they deserve to get. So yeah, shout out to Brentford. They're, they've always done well. 
just going through the other Premier League games of the weekend, Everton recorded a big win against West Ham after I slagged them off last week on the pod, proving that I don't really know as much ball as I'd like to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just quickly put shed some light on Wolves versus Newcastle, 2-2 draw. There's the Tonali ban incoming, wet and rainy night after Champions League football, away to Wolves. More of this to come for Newcastle, Armand, or is it just a one-off? Yeah, I mean, they're going to have tough fixtures with um, with Champions League. And, I mean, Wolves is, Wolves is playing very good football at the moment. Very high intensity. Um, Neto, Wang. I mean, this is a tough, tough fixture for every team. I mean, every team would struggle there, as Man City also could feel. So, I wouldn't worry about it if I'm Newcastle. I mean, um, it's... it's, it's it's normal that you that you drop points some from time to time, especially when you're Jeff, Champions League football first season in Champions League. They don't want to be Premier League champions. They just want to get back in the top five or four. So it's okay for sure. There will be disappointment for, but it's okay. I think. Okay, let's keep an eye on that as well. Let's turn our attention to the Manchester derby. You mentioned it there, Joanne. The interesting to to see where those two teams are at. It's your boy Pep doing magic yet again. I have to say, since our last recording, I did actually see Manchester City in the flesh. And I never went to the stadium to see the Barcelona teams of, of 2000 and, I don't know, let's say 9 to 12 when, when Pep was there. But what I saw from them, the the setup, the way they play, the quality, what I loved about them in that Champions League game that I went to see is that Every single pass, every single action they do is always in the interest of the match plan, the game plan, the idea, the concept of how Pep wants to play. There is no, and this is a this is a, a, a word I've used a lot describing Man United, there is no hope football. What you don't see is people crossing in from the sideline, hoping to reach Haaland at the back stick. What you see, what you don't see is people... I don't know, attempting Hollywood passes when the easy option is there. What you don't see is people not having an option to pass to to the to the uh the the I don't know, next player next to them. There's always an easy, obvious option, and every single player understands his role perfectly. And the just the whole setup, it was just a joy, an absolute joy to watch. It was a great Champions League night in Bern, I have to say, because I thought the young boys did really well, but just see in the flesh how Man City set up and how much of an idea and a, and a plan they have it was it was beautiful and obviously Joanne you having watched Barcelona growing up how much has Pep's football evolved since then I think honestly one of the best qualities that he has as a coach is that he's always trying to change he's always trying to step one to stay one step ahead of the everyone else especially now that it feels like the style that he has implemented on the last 10 years that has changed the way that the Prem plays and that's changed the way that a lot of teams play are on Europe. Um, obviously, he is always trying to change that. And the it has changed a lot from 2011. Like I would say, like at some times, some of that old Barcelona used to be a bit, not boring to watch, but like, it was a lot of like keeping possession away from the enemy team. Whereas now 
he has found new ways of being vertical, new ways of keeping damage, you know, like obviously he has players that have like almost grown to fit his needs rather than to adapt as it was in the early years. But like now it's like you, you can, there are so many ways that they can hurt you and they are so easy to adapt mid game to whatever the enemy, uh, like the opposition is a, uh, pressuring or how they are attacking you now like for example i think halen is such a it's always been such a threat because if you know uh, creating from the back doesn't work they can just easily just find him which he is easy to find he loves to fight those balls he's quick he can he's big he's strong and that's something that for example he didn't used to have in barcelona where there were seasons that he was playing without a nine you know when he created when, when barcelona was playing the false nine with just like pedro and alexis and messi so it's very interesting to, to see, always see how he, every season, there's new players that come and go. You know, you, you so many talented players, young talented players that have been at City that are now in other teams like Sané uh, that are still great, but they just don't fit what he needs or they have clashes with him. So he's like, rather than this, just go, you know? So it's always very interesting to see. Yeah, it's it's the this thing of if as soon as someone seems to be tired of pep football and can't be bothered or is not interested anymore they move on you know Cancelo, Cancelo there's some issues there he can leave and he was one of the best fullbacks he still is one of the best fullbacks in the world at the moment yep. and Pep just doesn't even like there's not, not even a fighting if you don't want to be here mm-hmm. you can leave I'll get someone else in I'll, I'll find a way around the you in the squad Maris just leave Sterling go you know like he just players move in and out and, and he keeps evolving what yeah impressed impressed you most Arman comparing Man United with Man City on the weekend it's a different different ball level I mean if I mean when I watch the game I mean the lineups came up and it's not even about Pep I mean obviously Pep is amazing but just a way better team a way more balanced well-structured team and yeah, what impressed me as well is like the way, I mean, we all know how good Man City is and how good Pep is. I don't need to say that. But the way they compose the games at times when, I mean, especially Guardiola, Rodri, uh, these two guys in particular, the way they felt, okay, now let's just settle this. They had maybe some transitional moments in the first half. Okay, we're going to keep the ball. We're gonna um, play through the press easily, but then when we when we go in the in the final third, it doesn't have to be a cross right away. It doesn't need to have to be a, a diagonal ball or a ball through the line or a ball in behind. No, if there is not a perfect option, if there is not a perfect or a clear path to the goal, then I'm just gonna give it back to to my center back or to Rodri or to whoever or to Foden, because that creates. That creates all the time spaces, you know, if you keep knocking it around. For some, it is maybe boring, but I think if you concentrate and you watch closely, it is fascinating to watch. And the, the, the patience, the patience of them is is like hunting, you know, they're, they're really patient. And when there is a gap, they go for it and they go for it the right way. So that that is actually the part which impressed me most. Um yesterday because in a derby game it can be a bit chaotic and end-to-end but man city never let it come to that and i think united wanted that you know they wanted the chaoticness so 
it could maybe create some transitional moments for them, but it didn't, and they played it perfectly. And I'm scared of them. It 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 is it is really a sign of a team dominance where you can just keep your head cool and on the game. Yeah. And it just shows like because Man City will always be better at controlling the game. Uh, and it's the games like in Champions League, they happen in previous years against Madrid, that whenever games are like chaotic and things get out of control and that's when mistakes happen, especially with City that plays very aggressively sometimes, you know, even in this game, they were playing at times with only one center back and then like two very open uh, like fullbacks. It's like if you fuck up, sorry, uh, if you uh, mess you up. Swear. Uh, it's fine. Okay, it's, okay. it's fine for all the children out there. Um, <laughs> if you mess it up, then you have like just the one center back having to deal with like a very aggressive United at the counter back that they know that's their best bet to score with players like Rashford and like, um, well, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't pronounce the name of your uh nine Hoyland. I mean, if McTominay is playing at, at the 10, then you know, it's gonna be much <laughs> yeah. creativity. I don't I mean, really have he's that a, he's much. He's a great more... player against yeah. against the possession and you know in, in pressing situations, but McTominay at the ten. I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't really have much more to say on Man United that I haven't already said. Uh, what we're seeing is is symptoms of of horrendous leadership within yeah. the club, and I at this point really feel sorry for for Ten Hag. I really don't think this is on him. We've had five yeah. managers now since since sir alex left and and it is a bit on it is a bit on him i mean it is a bit on him i i think i think he's been dealt a very very shit hand and and there are some questions yes i agree with you there are some questions um in terms of setup in terms of getting his team to do the basics right but uh i i still think it starts it starts higher up and um yeah as long as long as he's as it's like that uh, there's no but if you compare the last the Derby at Old Trafford, Man United were a different team there. So I I agree with you there. That there is w- a bit on him. I mean the period. But you mustn't forget in now, this in this instance I have to Onana, I have to say you got Mount you, you got do Torian. but you also you're also still missing a lot of key players. Yeah, you do. That's you know, true. like it's a massive difference if you That's have true. Luke Shaw as opposed to Lindelof at left back. You know, That's and, true. and, That's and maybe maybe Wan Bissaka, defensively stronger player than Dalo to to cope with with whatever Grealish throws at them. So there are some ramifications that we have to take into consideration. There's a Rashford issue ongoing. Um, That wasn't the case last year when he was on fire. So... Yeah, we. I'm. I'm. I'm being a bit more lenient on on Ten Hag uh, at the moment. I don't think this is entirely his mess. No. Uh, yeah, but and we will take a break at this point. But I'm just going to remind you, Joanne, that your Barcelona team lost against this Manchester United team last season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And with that, we'll take a break. <laughs> We are back to talk Classico. It was Barcelona versus Real Madrid. Real Madrid won 2-1 at the Barcelona Olympic Stadium because the camp, no, the new camp has been... Uh, has it been torn down, Joran, actually? I don't actually uh, know. It is mostly torn down. Like, they've been tearing it down since the season ended. 
uh yeah when i was there on summer yeah it's just all under construction because they're changing the whole area itself like the whole not only the stadium but the surrounding so it's a big 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 change about time about time yeah that thing it was beautiful like the the being sitting on that stage i mean i haven't been to many other stadiums i've been in wembley once uh but like I don't know, like the feeling that that stadium had was spectacular, but yeah, the infrastructure was bad. The infrastructure was really old. Yeah, it, it was in desperate need of an overhaul, which it's now getting. How how are you, are you like, do, do you miss the, are you, are you like heavy hearted about the stadium or are you quite excited for what's coming now? It's a bit of both, isn't it? Like you understand that things have to change and that things need to evolve and Obviously, this might help revenues for the club in many ways, as well as just you know, just giving it a two thousand like a modern look to it. But like the old stadium had a very much like old football energy, you know. Like I mean, that stadium was there when the Olympics happened. That stadium was there when the World Cup in Spain happened in the seventies. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a stadium as old as like my grandpa. You know, <laughs> like yeah. Um, so it's it's um. It is definitely a pity. And I was there, like my last game there was this January uh, against uh, Espanol. And I don't know, like it will be exciting for the future. Obviously in 20 years, we're not going to even remember uh, this transitional period. But I think for all clubs that most of them in the last 10, 15 years, they've had new stadiums being built or torn down. At least it's the same stadium, not like Atletico where their old stadium is highway right now. Yep. Bless. That was a cool stadium as well. I went to that stadium actually back in the day, the Vincente Calderon. Um, mm-hmm. Before we get side, before I get sidetracked though, let's talk a bit about the game. Yeah. Why? Because we have to, man. Um, <laughs> very much a game of two halves. I felt uh, both teams setting up in a. Do we want to call it four three three in a way? Four three three, yeah. Um, Barcelona definitely on top in the first half Real Madrid had a lot of passengers in that first half especially I felt Jude Bellingham who I had a keen eye on because of my theory that he ghosts <laughs> in the big games which he did I texted the group chat as well I was like he's nowhere to be seen and he was shocking in that first half I saw some stats like there barely any duels one given away possession more than 10 times he was in in Gundogan and and Lopez and and Javi's pocket um and Barcelona took the lead fairly early on through big game player number one, Ilkay Gundogan. And then the second half came around and Jude Bellingham did Jude Bellingham things. And he scored a terrific goal from long distance just yep. before the 70th minute before adding the winner in stoppage time. I'm not going to go in too much detail about the heartbreak of it all, Joanne, but maybe start with... Jude Bellingham. I know you hate everything that represents Real Madrid. You hate everything that um you know comes from Madrid and and plays in white. But <laughs> this guy, I mean he just won uh, tonight's award. He won the best young player award. How good is Jude Bellingham, Drive? I mean he is he's a beast like there is no other way there's no other way to put it. Like the man is on his first season in one of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest clubs in football history. He's like right now standing with like what, 12 goals in 10 yeah. games or in 10, 11 games. He's like leading the goal scoring in Spain. He has given his club 
like what nine points i think he's like he's scored he's not only scoring but he's scoring game winning goals uh and he uh, opposite to other players that have come that have done this big step especially considering how young he is he is someone who seems to thrive on the stage that he's on like where other players feel shy or scared or maybe overwhelmed feeling that they have to prove something he comes out every night and he knows he is it and like obviously it's become a bit of a meme with the celebration and everything but it's just like he is it right now there's nothing that can stop him <laughs> and we're all doing yeah, the celebration. It's like, <laughs> yeah it's just like he's just like That's you can see it on his eyes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one with the was it like a raccoon just yeah. doing it yeah yeah it's so jokes <laughs> yeah the raccoon i saw that <laughs> no, he he's he's on he's he's killing it and obviously I, I obviously i do kind of wish like you know something like hazard happens when you know big money shot comes and then he just like doesn't perform at all but obviously he's young and he's he's gonna be here for a long long time and it's scary how strong he's starting yeah i think you summed it up perfectly i don't really have much to add and it's interesting because i you know my theory of of you know him him crumbling on the biggest stage so far and him ghosting in the big games didn't score in the derby against atletico didn't score in in the champions league against uh, at, I mean, napoli come on man he's and not, and he started you cannot you know, measure him by goals no i'm not i'm not but it. it's all i'm also measuring him by performances and in in the world yeah. cup against france he disappointed me it's it always seemed like that he you know, we're, we're, we're celebrating. No, 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 I know, I know. <laughs> I, but I, I'm just, I'm just repeating the point, the argument that we had, which was that I just felt that he has these moments where he disappears on the biggest stage. But like you said, Dran, it really feels like he's taken this step now. And I'm curious to see if he can do it consistently. Personally, again, there's no doubt that he has the quality, and this is the very clear indicator that he can dominate big games because the way he took and it's not just about the goals it's it's about having that confidence the arrogance to kind of want to be and step into those positions to go where it hurts to find himself in that six yard box in the last minute of the game to to go and score the goals if you compare it to someone like Nicholas Jackson for Chelsea on the weekend who kind of shies away from these moments and I always say big games like big players have step up in big moments and like he has now stepped up and um i have nothing more to say yeah. a, a great player might have an average or bad game and yet still give you three points you know what yeah. i mean okay. like just be there when you need him and he's been doing that like you say the first half the first half i felt like half of madrid wasn't playing like it actually felt like there was it was like barcelona dominated but it was not it didn't feel like they were dominating because they were over like outplaying Madrid. It just felt Madrid didn't come out to play. And you know, Vinicius was like just in more like in fights with any everyone than just actually playing. Uh, Rodrigo was nowhere to be seen, Bellingham was nowhere to be seen. And then on the second half, they made the substitutions. They brought Modric, they brought uh Kamabinga, and like the game changed. Yeah, like, completely. The the subs completely. made a huge impact. Yes. I think also Barcelona is at fault in the sense that they, and I feel that I've been seeing this a lot this year, is like you get the 1-0 and then you just get defensive. You don't try to go for the two. You don't, gonna, you don't want to dominate the game from beginning to end. They play it safe. 
and you cannot play it safe against Madrid because it's been proven over and over that Madrid will come back. If you give them a centimeter, they will take a meter. And that's what happened, you know, like one outside of the box, like nothing, nothing is at fault really on the first goal. It's just a good, it's just a great goal. Yeah, agree with that, John? I, th- I think he has to save it. I think, yeah, it's one of those that seven out of 10 times goalkeepers should save that. But at the same time, you know, like ball comes in between defenders, unexpected, fast. Like the get, like the shot is incredibly fast. Like when you look at on the replays, I don't think it, it really shows. What, the slow motion yeah. really makes it no good because the, the, yeah. it was, came out of I nowhere. I get that 100%. I mean, if, it, if, if we're talking about the... An average goalkeeper, then I agree, but it's Ter Stegen, so I think he should save it. I mean, it, I think it's like 30, 30 yards out. It is a good height for him as well, you have to say. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I was really surprised by it. And and on the game, I think um I think Barcelona were still the better team on the whole. I thought they were better actually, and they also created like more way more XG as well. So um on the first they were... half they definitely deserved more. They deserve more, and it should have yeah. gone up. Then, yeah, uh, Real was in the second half. They they had more possession, a bit more possession as well. But I think on the whole, it was it was a bit unlucky for for Barcelona. And I think on, I think you were the better team actually. Talk to me. Talk to uh, me where where this assessment goes into Barcelona's development. Uh, we obviously spoke last season about various issues on and off the pitch for Barca playing Europa League, which was a new experience. How has how has Xavi and his team how have they developed? I know the one of the things that's not happening this season is is the defensive power, uh, defensive stability. We've already conceded more goals this season than all of last season, which is a crazy stat. Although it does say more about how few goals you conceded last year compared to this season. Um, is is there still progress to be made out? Are you t- currently taking a step back to to go too forward? What's the What's the mood in Barcelona at the moment? Um, my personal my personal take so far, it feels like this season feels like a step aside. Not I wouldn't say it's a step down or a step up. It's just like it's a different team. Obviously, you've had a lot of like talented players that have come that bring a lot of new uh possibilities to the team with like Joe Felix and Gundogan and Cancelo. Uh, but you've also lost like backbones on the team like Busquets is and like I feel like games like yesterday really shows like that hole that has been left where like I mean at this point it feels like there's a weird dynamic in terms of what the leader of what the leadership of the team is on the one hand you have like very passionate and vocal players like Gabi which are acting like on-field leaders you know by putting that extra effort and by fighting every ball but they also he especially has like a lack of composure sometimes at times where he's over rushing things or we were talking about city before about like not doing that first center just waiting for the moment like it's a team that lacks that and then you contrast it with like experienced players like Lewandowski or Gundogan, which are not going to maybe put that 110th effort because, you know, they have nothing. They've come here 
to to be like they they don't come here to prove and to make and to run that extra mile but they can save you and give you games out of nowhere because of their talent so there's a bit of a contrast in that and you've heard it with like Lewandowski complaining a couple of times uh, Gundogan complained after the classic talking about the uh like the rocker room attitude so it's weird what, I don't what know. would that what would that complaint uh, Gundogan's complaint was that he felt that people should be more angry yeah. about losing the game. Like there was a lack of just... Uh... Yeah, that was really... I saw the interview. That's really interesting. Um, I mean, I understand, I think, where he comes from, Like, but it, but, it, but it strikes me as weird because it's an attitude that I used to feel that the team had back in like 2017, 2018, when you had like uh, the players who had won it all and they were great, but they were old. So there was this sense of like there was no need to fight or to like you know go and and give it all and uh, complacency. But now you have a lot of younger players, which that's what makes it scary if that mentality has carried, but on a younger generation that still has to prove everything. What what about why did the Lewandowski not play? Well, he what? just came back from an injury. Oh, okay, uh, so that was the that was the reason. Otherwise, he would have played, right? Yeah, yeah. He he oh, has okay, been missing okay. the last few games. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. And and um, I always, always when I watch Barcelona, I love Rafinha. Is it just a uh, random, or am I watching just the bright games, or because I I think in this game it would have been so good, you know especially in the transitional moments with his pace, you know, and his quality. I don't know, why doesn't he get, why did, didn't he start? Uh, he's also coming back from an injury. Like okay. both Lewandowski and him were coming back from injuries. Uh, yeah, that's what like Yamal has been playing a lot. Yeah. And, but, no, but I get what you mean because Rafinha is one of those players that he is always trying, like before he was, he was fighting for taking Dembele's spot. And obviously when Dembele was healthy, they would kind of alternate. But then obviously Yamal has arrived and he's starting over him. But like the, there's been so many games where he's been so crucial. Like for example, last year against United, he was the best on-field attacking player and yet he still got um, substituted. So there's a lot of, I don't know, like I feel like he can be great and he wants to be great at the club. Uh, but for some reason, he is either not getting those chances as much or he's always like the substitute that comes later on in the game. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. How do you assess Xavi's development as a as a coach? It's obviously his first big post as a as a manager. He was he was briefly somewhere in the desert before he joined Barca <laughs> as a as a manager. He won the championship. Now he's romping the the Champions League group. He's f- slipped a little bit down to fourth, but still in touching distance. Probably going to end up top four again because that doesn't seem to be that difficult if you have a squad as talented as as this. Is he completely comfortable? Is there are there any doubts? Is there any background noise about him as a person, or are people just kind of happy to for him to steady the ship? Um, I I, I don't know so much about the fans. I have not been. Obviously, being away from home, uh, I have not been here much. Um, I like there's 
I'm still struggling to see exactly what his like game play, like his, his strategy for games is. But uh, you can clearly tell what his priorities as a coach were last season and where he tries to go in terms of like spirit in the locker room, having a team that is a cohesive team. That's where like, I think last year they were so good and not conceding goals is because the team was one. Everyone was there for like taking one bullet for the other. Everyone, when someone would, you know, uh, fall back, someone would take that extra mile to stop a goal on a random 3-0 game on a random December La Liga game. And like from what I've also seen on like some of the behind the scenes kind of like documentaries that they do, like he seems very keen on the whole making every game worth it, you know, trying to motivate players to not be complacent, which is again, surprising because of like the classical attitude that Lizzo for like Gundogan has said um, after the match. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if he will also continue. Like he is, I think his contract is ending in summer or he has only renewed for a year. So he's also not giving himself like the luxury of having a long contract. But I think the, um, what's it called? The president is behind, like supporting him or he's been supporting him from day one. But you know, uh, also Barcelona is always dealing with a lot of noise. Uh, when it comes to off-game stuff and just legal stuff, so obviously he's like the trying not to get the players affected by that is a big focus for the team as well. Yeah, the, we spoke about Bayern earlier in this pod. We spoke about Man City. Where do Barcelona rank on the European-wide power rankings, Armin? What What are your thoughts? How How strong do you see Barca this year? Personally, I think Champions League the goal should be to reach quarterfinals. Okay, I, I asked Armin, but thank you for your, okay. for oh. your goal. Yeah, <laughs> I think... No, it's fine. I think probably he, he can say that better with me. But I, I don't watch that much La Liga, I have to be honest. But what I saw in the Champions League... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, quarterfinal, maybe. Quarter, semi-final. Maybe it, let me ask you a, this. I asked you last week... Yeah. What, what a good season for Chelsea is. What's a good season for Barca this year? Do they have to absolutely win the temp- the title at home? Do they have to? Can you can you see them going deep in the nah. in the Champions League? I think probably I don't know about you, Juan, but it's probably more important just to develop a style and a squad and a structure which is good, which is exceptional, and then focus on going for it, like really doing it. I forget the words now. It's like doing it proper. Like don't, don't, don't buy some uh, 35 year olds. Like don't buy Aubameyang, for, for, for example. Don't buy these kind of players, you know, don't, just um, don't buy corners, build properly. Don't cut build, corners, yeah. build properly. Yeah. You need some big players in, in their prime. Don't get me wrong. But just build a, a, a good style of football, a clear identity, how to play, and then sign the players appropriate for that style. And then three years, four years, compete again like they used to. So I think I think progress is more important than short-term success for them at the moment. I don't know if you, if you agree, but... 
for me, as a, if if you're looking for the outside, there's a lot of young players like Kavi and Pedri and Balde and all these guys. There is so much potential. Just focus on getting better, getting the squad better, getting a clear structure. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. Um, like I think one thing that a lot of people need to like get in their minds is that the years with Messi were special and probably nothing like that left. Because I think at a lot of years, the years felt better because of what he brought to the table and obviously that generation that came along with him, you know? Um, And at the moment, there is a lot... Like, I think the best thing that has happened this season and in these last few seasons is we have a lot of young players in various areas of the game that fit the obviously the mentality that the club wants to have because they've been grown up since they were like teens or kids that are performing like that are coming and they're stepping up uh you know the fact that balde basically retired jordi alba the fact that pedri like and gavi like this was gavi's eighth classico and he's 19. wow like that's, crazy uh, stats. that's a crazy i love stat. gavi i have that to is. say i absolutely love gavi and he's basically like a leader at the team. Like he, a yeah. couple of games ago, he was recriminating something to Lewandowski for mm. something he did wrong. I <laughs> and he was that. talking to him. So like, if you get the right, and I, and I agree with you, because if you get these players, these talented young players that are willing to stay at the club and die for the club, and you build a team that suits their qualities, you know, like Balde is, is a good offensive attacker on the left. Gabi, as long as he doesn't get injured, he's going to be a dog that chases everything and fights everything. Pedri can bring that magic. Now you have Fermin, which uh, Lopez, which is like, he's just been like, it is ridiculous how this kid is just like been such a like f- amount of fresh air yeah, breath, to the breath team. Of fresh air, yeah. I yeah. mean, his goal against Shakhtar. Oof. Yeah. And Oof. like, he's, and even in the classical, he, he's, you he's always not a scared of shoot. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a bit, it's a good thing. like this kid was playing on third division last year, yeah. and and now he is not scared of sh- like taking the shot, you know. Um, even was it the other day against? I don't know who was it against, but like La Liga game, we won one zero. They brought because Lewandowski was injured. They brought Mark Gill. Uh, is it eighteen, nineteen year old? In the first 15 seconds, 30 seconds, he touches two balls and scores his first goal, yeah. uh, which is just like things like that are are exciting to see. You know, the fact that there is like talent that can be is just harness it properly and build a team around it that really can benefit from it rather than rushing towards anything and getting a winning mentality. Yeah. Right. Interesting news from Barcelona. And you also have to not forget two things. Number one, Xavi will have a bit of credit and a bit of time having won the title now. He would have kind of bought himself a bit of time to maybe build something because what you mustn't forget as maybe outsiders are, this is still a transitional year at Barcelona. You did lose Alba, you did lose Busquets, even PK last year who ended his career in in November of of last year. Those are um, are fairly, fairly big figures in and around FC Barcelona. And uh, it's the first year without them, so it will take some time to to rebuild and and create something from from and the it's a, yeah from the ashes almost. Yeah, and it's a very freshly squeezed team. Like uh, I was looking at a, a thing the other day. I think from from like the two thousand eighteen nineteen season, 
I think there are only three players uh, that are staying. I think it's like Ter Stegen, Roberto, and Araujo. Yeah. Like the rest, all the rest of them have come after. They've been only in the club for two, three years. Yeah. yeah. So still early stages. I hope Xavi succeeds because I think your club is the only club. If they come knocking at our door for our manager, I don't know what he's gonna say. Or oh, Teta <laughs> will coach Barcelona at some point. Uh, I not today, that, not tomorrow. Yeah, but I'm really scared of that to be honest. If if just, our Teta leaves, honestly, I'm gonna. I'm going to be in my bed for a week. Thirty year old. Who would you take, Eddie Howe, Unai Emery, or um, this? Sorry. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point to to end on, Duran. Thank you so much for all your insight in on on FC Barcelona. We can go on for forever. I love hearing your thoughts and your insights on it. Arman, as always, I appreciate your inputs as well. You're a ball knower of first grade, and I appreciate you. Uh, to all our listeners i appreciate you too if you have anything to add or ask please get in touch we will happily discuss it and take it into consideration a uh, big shout out to Lionel messi who's won his last and eighth and final ballon d'Or well, tonight don't say last i'm fairly confident yeah, the mls is, is a very up and bringing league <laughs> we have we have a world cup in four years three years in america no oh, doubt in america yeah which we should all go and watch by the way um Messi so, has to look that Paredes and Depaul still playing, so he can, can his, protect his little watchdogs. His watchdogs, yeah, his little watchdogs, which he sends out <laughs> on the pitch. Bring me the ball from there. <laughs> oh dear, it's just okay. in the midfield. Anyway, <laughs> we'll end it here, boys. Thank you very much, and we shall see you soon. You get to say bye as well. Oh. Two thousand and six tournament at some point nice. on the PS2. Bro, <laughs> you know, play with we... Adriano Shevchenko. I just never played Pez. But that's, you when, that's when Manchester Pez. Blues was in the second division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't in the game at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good times. <sighs> yeah.